Seahawks over, Dolphins over, Ravens under, Titans team total in the first half over. Just a sampling of some of the betting picks that were generated by the computer model that we released last week. In all, totals went four and one. Totals right now are sitting at 12 and five on the year. That's 71%. All betting recommendations are 26 and 12. That's 68%. We went 15 and eight on player props last week. Guys, I'm telling you, this is a season you want to get in on this betting package. You want to do it now. You'll get 25% off anything at the website. We just dropped the prices. Prices are reduced and take 25% off of them. Use the code GET25. Go to sharpfootballanalysis.com. Use the code GET25 right now. Might as well get the all-access package so you can unlock all of Rich Rebar's worksheets for every single game predicting outcomes, forecasts for players, great stats and nuggets that you're going to need to know, advanced data that you're not going to find anywhere else. But I guarantee you, you're going to hear it regurgitated elsewhere because so many people access this and then use the information for their own. Get the worksheet. Comes out Tuesday and Wednesday. You'll hear it elsewhere later in the week on podcasts and other media appearances, I assure you. Find it from the source, the originators, sharpfootballanalysis.com. Get 25 is the code, 25% off everything. Do it right now. Hello, welcome to the Sharp Angles Podcast. I'm Dan Bazuda, joined here by Rich Rebar. Rich, here we go, heading into week six. We're, we're moving along here. Uh, it's getting getting a little colder. Uh, football weather is starting to come, and, and we're getting to finally some some good games that are coming up. So how are we doing today? We're doing good. You know, I, I feel pretty good about where things have been in, in the NFL. Uh, maybe just because, like, uh, uh, you know, looking at my own analysis. But I feel like I've got a better pulse on, like, what teams are right now. And I guess that should be natural, you know, five games in. Uh, but I've, I'm starting to really feel like the analysis has been a lot sharper and that uh, we're, we're starting to figure some things out about the NFL here. Yeah, I mean, it's it feels like it's easy to have an analysis of where every team is when like they're they're all fine. That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's there's a couple of good teams and everybody else is is fine. And then there's the Panthers. Um, and yeah, I think everybody else is in between at this point. Yeah, what is your take on the NFL? Do you have like an overarching tape? Obviously, there's a, like you know everyone asks like what the one thing is, but there's a lot of things. Whether it be you know the you know the pandemic's not really influencing the NFL. Penalties are actually way up in the NFL, and like obviously like the the cover the the, the two high safety stuff and the Fangio stuff is like prominent. But uh, do you have any other like additions to why like the NFL's just been kind of like okay? Yeah, I think it just kind of it has been a little bit of of everything. I think the the defense is finally like getting into a position where they have a little bit of an advantage here. Um, like if, if you just look at you know like EPA per dropback, it's at its lowest uh, in in years, um, and I think that's because you know defenses kind of have have figured it out. And everything's a little cyclical, so uh, we're starting to just mm-hmm. get the places where for the past couple of years, it was, you know, offenses just had all the answers. And I think there's defenses that don't have the advantage right now, but it's closer than I think it, it has been in, in quite a while. So, uh, and I think like we, we talked about that with why the, the run game kind of matters now, because there's so much emphasis on, on stopping the pass. And we'll talk about that as we get into this first game, which is the biggest game we should talk about. Cause it might be the best game of this season right now. 
Chiefs Bills. Um, like this is kind of one of those matchups that that sparked everything, right? Like there were teams that beforehand were playing the Chiefs with with some too high. Like it went back to like the first game of the 2019 season when Houston was actually doing it, and Patrick Mahomes had his lowest A dot and quickest time to throw. Like I wrote about that like right after it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of like the first thing, but like we really started to see this when these two teams played each other and then the bills were, we're going to play too high. We're not going to blitz. Uh, we're going to let you just kind of do whatever you want. Like in the short area of the field, like go ahead, Patrick Mahomes, please throw to the short area of the field. Um, we're okay with you doing that. As long as you don't throw bananas passes over our heads, we're going to do everything we can to stop it. And that's kind of really like what put this entire defensive revolution a little bit. And also, you know, the Fangio stuff going on with, you know, the, the Rams and Brandon Staley and all that, and all of those things eventually come together. But we've seen this game have, you know, defensive, strategy like that we've also seen in the past in the last playoff game um these two teams just throwing haymakers for uh you know extending into overtime and just that every time these teams touch the ball that somebody was going to score so i'm very excited to uh, see what you know we see uh from each side coming into this matchup yeah, I mean, this is the game everyone is kind of looking at. And the fact that it's not, you know, it's not a primetime game. You know, it's just on that 4 o'clock, you know, that, that 4 p.m. slate. Like, it's just going to dominate the afternoon. Oh, yeah. uh, every, everyone's going to be on this game. Uh, and for good reason. You know, obviously, the, the last time these two teams played, it was arguably, like, one of the best football games we all got to watch, right? Like, at yeah. least, like, the last, like, four minutes of that game were just absolutely bonkers. And that was, like, the reality, like, if you're an NFL fan, too, like, if you're a fan of an NFL team and you watch like what Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes did in the final three minutes of that game, like it really was a separator of like, if we don't have a guy like that, how are we supposed to win? Like how, how are we supposed to right. beat that? Like, you know, and I think that a lot of NFL teams have really operated under that capacity as well. And we're not seeing teams kind of stick with like the, the, the purgatory quarterback as much as like they would have in years past. Right. Uh, so, I mean, those guys uh, were just so electric and we're all going to be kind of wanting to run that back again. I don't know if we're going to quite get there. Um, I don't want to say we won't get there. I'm looking forward to it, but you know, anytime we're selling the hype, uh, you know, we don't often get there when these teams played in the regular season last year, it was not that entertaining of a game, you know, where the bills kind of just handled the chiefs. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious to see because that's where I'm the most, I, I don't concerns, not the word I want to use, but the chiefs still at this point in the season, I'm not worried from a top down stance. Like I know they're going to be, they're going to have a lot of wins. They're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be one of the teams fighting to go to Super Bowl for the AFC, but something when I watch the chiefs just still just doesn't feel like right it doesn't feel good like and it probably centers around these wide receivers to be honest like it just really comes yeah. back to it like it, it just feels like the chiefs have to have like 10 play drives to score now and that doesn't feel like the chiefs that i know right like they're and mahomes is plenty good enough he doesn't turn the ball over a lot they can still with andy Reid and their play calling like they can still get down the field but like it does feel like these team this team has to just like more meander down the field than in years past. And uh, obviously that should be expected inherently losing a guy like Tyree kill, but the bills I know can score in like three plays <laughs> and they could do it against the chiefs. So I'm curious to see like how that element plays up here because the bills have structurally built their defense to not give up any big plays. 
Uh, yeah. So I'm curious how that marriage works out. Absolutely. So it's really interesting for how different these offenses are right now. Like you said, um, so Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes tied in EPA per dropback, right? They're both leading the league. And just the way they've gotten there is, is interesting because, like you said, it just has been so different. And when we look at the Chiefs, so we can start there, like it is kind of all about these wide receivers. There's just I, I feel like we we say this for so many teams, but the the juice is just not there at receiver to make anything happen down the field. Um, and even like in the short area, it's been fine, right? So there have been 94 wide receivers with 75 routes run this year. Mm-hmm. The highest receiver on the Chiefs in yards per route run in that group is Juju with at 48. Um, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling ranks 51st. Uh, McCole Hardman is 64th. So those are all the bottom like near third percentile guys uh, that the chiefs have right now. And it's just like, there's, there's really no explosion. They can you know, work their way down the field, like, which is fine. But the other thing is Mahomes is relying on obviously Travis Kelsey more. I mean, the, the Travis Kelsey uh, <laughs> uh, stat line of like 25 yards, four touchdowns is <laughs> amazing, but it just in terms of how they have to get the ball down the field. So Mahomes is only throwing to wide receivers a little over 50% uh, of his passes this year that's 28th in the league so they're just like barely relying on these wide receivers because they really can't they have to use travis kelsey they have to use some of these other tight ends they're using some a lot more 12 personnel um they're not spreading out quite as much uh they have to try to use their their running backs in in the passing game a a little bit more which is, is is it's a much different way than i think we we've seen the chiefs have to manufacture offense before and they're doing well with it but yeah like you said it just it looks a little off because we've seen so many better iterations of what the Chiefs are doing it's still very effective they're still scoring points they're still pushing the ball they're still driving the ball down the field they just not generating as many explosive plays uh but I think they're doing a way in adapting to what they currently have but yeah just like you said it's not always the most exciting outside of you know Patrick Mahomes making some crazy things happen uh it's just you know in structure it's not the explosive type of thing that that we've seen which I think is going to play a little bit because the Bills don't want that explosive thing right they are going to allow you to have those maybe in 10 play drives if if you are able to sustain it so I think we're kind of seeing a Chiefs offense that somewhat is playing into how the Bills are asking them to play so I think in, in a way like they have the ability to to do that because they're not trying to generate those explosive plays which is the bill what the Bills are, are trying to stop anyway yeah, that's what's going to be fun to watch here uh, because, you know, last year when, you know, the Chiefs that got got there, though, on the Bills, they got those big plays. You know, you yeah. think like the, the McCall Hardman run, the Tyreek, you know, catch and run. Uh, yeah, it, it, that's that's what I'm curious to see. Because, I, I mean, I guess that's in a roundabout way. I'm just trying to get to the point where I just think the Bills are actually better than the Chiefs and that this line is warranted. But, I mean, it is the first time Mahomes ever been a, has been a home underdog. Uh, and you know, it hasn't been a good bet, good bet to bet against him there. He's done, you know, undefeated, you know, against the spread as an underdog. So I don't feel comfortable about it, but when I look at it objectively from the top down, I do feel better about the bills, especially in this particular matchup. I mean, this chief's defense has not been good against the pass. 
they kind of got by being okay against the run, but it's not, it's just because teams weren't able to run on them, right? Like they passed teams out of the run uh, and they weren't, they're facing so many pass attempts that you really didn't get a chance, a sample of teams getting to run the football on them. And we saw the Raiders kind of, you know, show like, Hey, you can run on these guys still. Uh, And that, man, I just feel like that when I look at it from an objective stance from the bill side, like how do the Chiefs slow the bills down? Like where is their angle where they slow them down? And it's hard for me to find one. Yeah, so it's really interesting there because like Patrick Mahomes is, is certainly the the do not blitz and the Bills aren't going to because they just they don't blitz in general. Um so they obviously aren't gonna do that. But the Chiefs have been kinda they are what, like sixteenth in, in blitz rate. Um so they they've been kind of up and down between how aggressive they've wanted to go. Um, but what's interesting about uh, the Chiefs blitzing, and I think you know, more than really any other team right now, there, there's a little kind of trend going on across the league where teams are blitzing still relatively down league-wide. And I kind of wrote about this uh, last year or for the site. So teams aren't blitzing more, but they're blending their blitzes into kind of what these coverage structures are a little mm-hmm. more. And we're seeing... Vance Joseph has done that. Yep. Uh, and teams are getting are blitzing in front of zone coverage on more than half their snaps. That's like the first time that's happened. Usually, when you think of a blitz, it's you're you're blitzing. You have that extra guy. It's it's man to man. But for the first time, we have the fifty percent of well, more than fifty percent of blitzes coming with zone coverage behind it. Um, and there's uh, a decent amount of that that's coming with a too high coverage behind it. So you're starting to to mix in all of that. And usually, like it's a you know uh, you know a cover three blitz because when you're blitzing in zone, there's there's really only so many players you can have you know in zone there's only so many ways you can do that so usually you have you know a, a single high and you're dropping kind of uh, the rest of those guys into you know the the short parts of the field um and it's just so much easier to to play that when you have like a, a cover three look behind it like th- those are the typical zone blitzes but we're seeing way more um you know too high with whether it's cover two whether it's you know quarter some some cover six a little bit uh the chiefs are doing that at one of the highest rates so i'm going to be interested to see if they get a little more aggressive there because josh allen is not bad against the blitz but it's he's not like killing the blitz either, right? So in EPA per dropback, he's he's better than he was last year, but he's still about like 16th in EPA. And if you can turn Josh Allen from the best quarterback in EPA per dropback just overall to like 16th, you might you know take that shot. But what's really interesting is how you know Josh Allen is has gotten a little better against the blitz. He's throwing the running backs a lot more last year. Um, only 8.6% of his passes against the blitz went to running backs this year. It's 23.5. So he's like taking, uh, you know, he's kind of doing this too, where it's speeding up the process a little more. His time to throw is dropped from 2.56 last year to 2.34 against the blitz. Um, so he's getting the ball out quicker, but again, if you're the chiefs, I think you'd probably rather him get the ball out quickly to these running backs, um, and even when yards are, are coming that way, um, you know, 79.4% of his completions are going for a first down or a touchdown against the blitz. And that's even like while bumping up that pat, that rate to running backs. But still, I think if you're the Chiefs, you'd probably rather think about that instead of like Josh Allen last week, the, like the audacity of some of the throws he was 
in the making. That first touchdown to Gabriel Davis, the one that goes for 98 yards, like no one throws that. I think I, I looked up the stats for uh, yeah, third and ten on your own two yards. Third line. and ten from the own two. I think the, the <laughs> second highest it, that throw had a thirty-six or thirty-eight yard a dot. It traveled like thirty-six yards. Like the highest I found after that was like seven yards. Um, like no one, no one throws that. And then some of the other things, there was like one, uh, post that I put in the first and 10, I tweeted it afterward. There was a throw to Kalir Shakir where it's just like a, a post that's, he's just the, the window to hit between like three defenders. He was just absolutely insane. So if you're the chiefs, I think you, you maybe ramp up that pressure a little bit, try to get that ball out a, a little quicker because you don't want Josh Allen making the type of like Patrick Mahomes like throws uh, that he really started to make last weekend really turned it on. Yeah. But if uh, Josh Allen throws an interception on that pass, uh, you know, the casual football fan is out here throwing our, their uh, arms in the air. And it's, this is why you don't do that. This is why you don't go for the win. You know, uh, we had another week of that to, to live through last week, but listen, that's what, that's what, uh, you know, fortune favors the bold, uh, all of those, you know, famous quotes. But I mean, when you have your, the bills try to win games, like that's the other, yeah. other factor. And like, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's refreshing to see, uh, even though it was a tough week for, you know, try to win the football game Twitter, uh, last weekend, you know, the chargers got out of there, but like we had the Raiders on Monday night, uh, we had someone else go for two down 14 and like, people lose their mind for like the 300th time that's happened in the last three years. Um, but yeah, good, good, good on the bills. Uh, you know, and he, and Josh Allen left some throws on the field. I mean, he had Quentin Morris for a touchdown that he left short. Stephon Diggs had an out route where he put someone in the shadow realm and, and Josh Allen sailed it. Uh, that's the, we talked about this with Josh Allen last year. Like Josh Allen still has like plays he leaves on the field, but the upside plays that he brings are on a different, such a high level of upside versus other quarterbacks that, it just negates like, and and the downside plays much. and the downside plays this year are just they're just misses yeah right? they're not bad mistakes which they were last He's year not lateraling I mean, we, it we talked about head. it we talked about it a bunch <laughs> there were there were some bad sacks there were some bad interceptions and that it took you like a, a very high variance now it's you know so he misses and opens Stefan Diggs. he's gonna hit that throw like in on the next drive um and, and i think that's the big difference between between Josh Allen this year and last year is those mistakes. Um, they're, they're nowhere near uh, as bad as they were. Like they're, they're just misses. Uh, and you can live with those because he's going to hit that throw again. Eventually last year, he was making the mistakes where some of those misses were turned into some, some bad interceptions, taking some bad sacks or some bad turnovers. Um, yeah, that's a completely different uh, Josh Allen right now. And then to add some of these banana throws that he's uh, making now and really push, last week against Pittsburgh. Like and we talked about it early, like earlier in the year. There was a lot of, you know, he's he's playing in structure, he's getting the ball out quickly. They're kind of dinking and dunking. But if they can marry that with whatever he was doing against the Steelers, I feel like he was using Pittsburgh as as the warm-up. Like when you know, we have we've had stories of like quarterbacks like trying throws in practice, like just to see if they can hit them in a game. It kind of felt like Josh Allen was doing that in a game last week to like get ready for Kansas City. Like, can I hit this in a game? Like, if I need to get this throw out against the Chiefs, like, am I able to do it? And it kind of felt like that's exactly what like the Steelers game was last week. 
And, and we, we talk about just the guys the Bills pull off. Because when you look at it from like a star stance, you know, the the one hurdle I have with the Chiefs is like, well, where are the stars after Travis Kelsey, you know? And, yeah. and the Bills have that kind of same dilemma when you look at it from top down. You're like, they have a true star in Stephon Diggs. But I wouldn't really call it, label any of the other guys that they have like true stars, but they get so much more out of these guys. Like yeah. they're able to just plug in Khalil Shakur, uh, you know, a guy that we we've talked about multiple times in this podcast and immediately get something out of him. Right. Uh, you know, Quentin Morris has to play for Dawson Knox and, yep. and, and looks the part. He's all and, and like these guys outside of Travis Kelsey for the chiefs. Like it's been such a struggle to get anything out of these players. Obviously it's been four years running for Michael Hardman. Uh, but Marcus about the scantlings, like not really playing the type of role that like, you know, suits like his strengths. Uh, I Juju's getting targets and like, he's, he's working underneath, but like Juju is like the oldest 25 year old in the NFL. Like he just, he has no explosion, like with the football in his hands anymore. Um, but like the bills are just able to plug in all these guys, you know, and, and get production, you know, through all these guys, whether it be Devin Singletary, whether it be Isaiah McKenzie, whether it be Khalil Shakur, Quentin Morris, um, and that's why it's hard for me to, to, to say like, oh, this line is wrong. And I, I mean, I, the just chiefs are at home and their, their dogs just immediately go to them. But like, it objectively looks it, like it makes a lot of sense to me that the bills are favored here. Yeah. And that, that's was one of the things that really stood out to me in the Pittsburgh game. Um, and I think I, you know, noticed that in, wrote about that in, in first and 10, when I was writing up that game is like, they are on like you have McK- not only like McKenzie out, you have Jameson Crowder out. So as much as we do like Khalil Shakir, like this is a, a what fourth round rookie, fifth round rookie, um, making his you know first you know extended playing time, and like they just one like have design plays for him, and it's just like filling in like you know like a McKenzie was was already in there, and I think like that's that's really been one of the biggest differences, and just the way they're using guys. There was one play where they hit uh, Shakir on a, on a crosser. They had a, a, a trips, a look, and it was Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis and McKenzie or, or sorry, uh, Shakir were all on the same side. Um, it Diggs and Davis run vertical and that's where the two safeties are. So down the field, they have a uh, Pittsburgh kept their safeties over there. So they had about four on two. And then it's just a one-on-one with Shakir on a crosser. And like, that's, the exact type of advantage like you want to like scheme open so like the, the bills are just they're they're running on all cylinders right now and it's it's really fun to watch and like I said like with plug and play guys like that's probably in isaiah mckenzie play the fact that shakir can just go in there and do that exact same thing like that's it's it, for the bills it's just it, i feel like it's going to be real hard to stop so as we like get back into like how this game's going to play out, the Chiefs probably have to find a little bit of explosion here because uh, it just feels like it's going to be so hard to slow the Bills down. Yeah, and that's what I that's where I just keep coming back to uh, from a top down stance. But I, I hope that isn't the last time we see these teams play again. Uh, you know, for sure, because the games that they played have relative they've been all all pretty much gotten there for us one way or another. Um, but yeah, we'll look forward to it. We know where everyone's going to be at four o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, the other, the actual uh, primetime game, that should be a fun one, uh, depending on, you know, maybe who the quarterback is. I don't, sounds like we're not going to get Dak Prescott for the Cowboys. Um, 
but which hopefully and, and I don't want to root against the Cowboys but like we've got to put the QB wins thing to bed like I I mean I don't want to actively root for the Cowboys to get flushed on Sunday night but like I do kind of want to see the Cowboys just lose so we can just put the QB wins thing to bed again like why okay, do we so, keep doing this all right so let's let's just dive into that because that yeah we do have some Cooper rush notes like they only asked him to drop back 19 times yes last week like they were not asking him to do anything um it's to win that game um it all came from the run game it came from the defense uh, the reason the cowboys are winning right now is is not cooper rush um you'll get he's got his negative epa right now from a clean pocket um that's just not what you want from like a starting quarterback and even you know the backup quarterback who people are, are thinking should continue to start in front of uh, Dak Prescott. It's just like uh, he's he's killing with play action, which is is great. Fifth in EPA per dropback with play action, he's doing that twenty eight percent of the time. So like they are, uh, we kind of talked about it last week. They they simplified the scheme a little bit. I think they were you know making more of an effort to get some of their guys into space and get open. They're using CD lamb, I think way better, just kind of in structure and within the scheme. And it's not like, Hey, you go win this one-on-one. And I think like, that's going to help once Prescott comes back. But like, if you don't think Dak is going to take a bigger advantage of some of those schemed up looks, then Cooper rush would, I I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I mean it's it definitely exists, and I maybe maybe it's just you know uh, I'm following the wrong stuff, but uh, <laughs> I I see just the, the narrative still kind of spun out there that like, and I think this has been there's always been an anti dac sentiment anyways, like to, sure to yeah national media like he's been overrated, um, but we're talking about Cooper Rush, like the Cowboys right now are one of the worst offenses in the NFL, and it's like it's like nobody has noticed right, like no it's it's like not like no one's even bad at an eye. Uh, they're 30th in the NFL in rate of drives that reach the red zone or score prior. Uh, they don't, they haven't scored like any touchdowns at all this season. Um, the fact of the, the fact is their defense is playing awesome and they faced like a, a miserable Rams team last week that they get a defensive touchdown to start the game. They faced the commanders the week before and they faced Daniel Jones the week before that. Like they just haven't been pressed. Now they're probably going to have to give up some points. They could play a good defensive game and give up points here. But, like, now Cooper Rush has to punch back. And, you know, they're not asking him to throw on first down at all. Uh, he has the highest rate of throws, uh, you know, in non-first down, seeding seven more yards outside of Ryan Tannehill uh, and Zach Wilson. Like, they're not asking him to do anything. And, like, QB wins is once again running this running this train of, like, well, Cooper Rush has never lost the game. Um, yeah, I mean – the Cowboys are so much better with Dak Prescott in the lineup and everyone should want him back. And I don't, I can't believe we're doing this again with another quarterback. Yeah. I mean, hopefully if you're, you're listening to the show, you're smart enough to not be thinking about Cooper rush as a, as a long-term answer for, so I, I don't think we have because to, I don't want to, to the listener of the show. Right. But I don't want to go into Sunday night, like actively wanting Cooper rush to play bad. Like I want the game to be good. I want the, like, but like I'm at the point now with this like narrative where I'm like, yeah, man, like. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, no, I absolutely understand that. And we'll see. Cause this is going to be interesting because 
this Eagles defense still playing really well. Like Hassan Reddick is they he's again like found the the exact like spot he should be right he's that the speed rusher off the edge they can drop him back like a little bit but uh have him in that you know uh, just along that defensive line that can just you know switch guys in and out uh they're they've been so good at creating pressure the the coverage is is backing up in in the back end it, it's de- certainly not going to be easy um for for cooper rush he's probably going to have to drop back you know 19 times more than 19 times uh in this game like you said so it's the the matchup it does not favorable for uh the cooper rush narrative to to continue um but i'm really interested on what's going to happen on the other side of the ball Mm -hmm. because last week with the eagles they they kind of knew the cart like the cardinals are just weird man like they're doing a whole bunch of crazy stuff on defense they're showing all kinds of exotic blitz because they they have to right it's just kind of been the story of the past couple years they don't necessarily have the talent around the, really the entire defense doing a low-key good job this year yeah so they've gotten better over the past couple of weeks it looked like after uh Two that week yeah, one yeah. game against so. the the chiefs that it was like oh this arizona bubble is like finally going to burst but again they they have been coming back uh, a little bit but now if cliff cliff is not overachieving uh, sure <laughs> but, yeah we, we can get there if we, we hit that cardinals game um but so, so the defense is bouncing back a little bit but some of it is like is so much of like the exotic pressure looks and, and stuff and philadelphia just said all right they're going to bring these weird pressures we might not know where this pressure is coming from uh we're just gonna we're gonna screen them to death um i think hurts through 14 screens which was the most uh, of any uh quarterback in, in the league uh so far this season I think like 44 percent of his passes were added behind the line of scrimmage uh in that mm-hmm. game they had no interest in like really trying to do anything we're going to screen you to death oh, we think we can still set those up because we have a great offensive line we can set those up and and it pretty much worked right that's not going to be the case against Dallas. Dallas has the best four-man rush uh, in the league right now. They lead the league in pressure rate when they're only rushing four. They're only blitzing at the 22nd highest rate uh, in the league. So they're going to bring four. They're going to create that pressure. So how do do we see what the Eagles kind of were in the beginning of the year, where they actually are going to try to run their offense? They're going to have you know AJ Brown hit some of those uh, you know routes in the middle of the field. Uh, we're going to have Jalen Hurts get the ball out a little quickly because he's he's playing better in structure. So is that going to be something that we see? Because, um, you know, there, there wasn't a lot of pressure on Hertz uh, to start the season. Uh, so the, the offensive line of the Eagles and the defensive line against the Cowboys, like might be individually, like the most fun matchup uh, that we could potentially see uh, this week. And like, maybe if you just kind of like match up potential um you know units going against each other like this would be like one of the top tier ones uh that would be fun to watch and we're gonna get to see it yeah i mean the one thing that you know as as all the growth jalen hurts has had the one thing that still impacts him heavily is still you know it is pressure and kind of that quick game uh we've seen him under pressure this season his his all his rate stats like significantly drop he's only completing 42 percent of his passes under pressure no passing touchdowns under pressure uh, definitely monitor the offensive line situation for the Eagles. You know, Jordan Mailata didn't play last week. Uh, and they lost Landon Dickerson during the game. Uh, and that's when kind of Vance Joseph started bring, bringing a lot of pressure off that left side. Uh, he really started to dial stuff up. 
Uh, and the Eagles are interesting too, because for a couple weeks in the season, I'm like watching the Eagles and I'm like, all right, they're just, they're absolutely just like flooding teams. And they're not like really asked. They're not having to do anything in the second half of these games. And then last week, the game was kind of closer uh, and they still didn't do anything in the second half of the game. And they, this offense, like, they, they have not been a good second half offense. And I, I, I wanted to give them a pass early in the season for not being really challenged. And maybe they were just put it, put the easy button on. But last week, too, like they let the, the Cardinals hang around in that game because they couldn't generate offense in the second half. And it's been an ongoing kind of theme for them this season. Uh, they're 28th in the NFL in points per drive in the second half. Uh, Jalen Hurts is one of the worst second half passers uh, in the NFL right now. Uh, he's 26th in EPA per drop back. Uh, so I want to see a complete game from the Eagles. This is one of the, the the teams that has been one of the most complete teams in the NFL. They're obviously the only undefeated team left. But I haven't seen them play a four-quarter game yet where like they actually played to their ceiling. And uh, I would like to see it. Yeah, and it's kind of just like we said up top, because there's – couple good teams and they haven't really <laughs> played them yet um and we'll see like whether they Dallas... really don't to be honest like right you know, and that, do, that's kind you... of what why you would be optimistic about the eagles chances going forward because they, they have one of the easiest schedules uh just in, in terms of who they do have to play for the rest of the season so yeah this is going to be one of their the bigger tests um i mean could the eagle the eagles I don't want to go too far down. Like the the Eagles might only lose like one or two games this year. Like if you look at they they go on by next week and they're at home but against Cooper Rush. Like I would expect them to win this football game. Yep. And they come out of the bye in week seven against the Steelers, the Texans, the Commanders, the Colts. Then you get the Packers, who will be a, a, a challenge. Then you play the Titans, the Giants, the Bears, the Cowboys again, then the Saints and Giants. Like. That no one has a clear path to like absolutely being the one seed in the NFC than the Eagles. Yeah, and, that, and that's you know one of the things. Like, not only are, are they playing as one of the best teams, like those wins in the bank certainly matter. Yeah, and like you said, um, it's always going to be like the NFC North's kind of muddled. The NFC West is kind of muddled. The NFC South is it's muddled also so it's just you know having those wins in the bank and having those wins over the the division too so like that's why this game is going to be you know also fairly important if you can get a win in the bank uh, over dallas because right now the, the teams that would technically buy wins who are would be fighting for the number one seed are also in the nfc east yes. um <laughs> Right, which is something we totally thought we would be, uh, be saying, um, you know, with with the Giants and a Dak Prescottless Cowboys. Um, so yeah, so that's why this game is really going to matter, also because it just it gives you that win, it gives you that that leg up in the division, at which is going to end up you know mattering in the NFC. So yeah, the the Eagles certainly have, and like really since like week two when you could like map out what their schedule was going to look like, like absolutely have the path to the number one seed in, in the NFC. Yeah. I will say that uh, Dan Quinn probably is at the, what the, the top of the list of one of the coordinators to get a head coaching job next year though. Like after the two years he put like, if this holds, I guess, uh, which I would assume it relatively kind of will. Um, I assume that you agree. Uh, I agree that he's going to be. Oh yes. Yeah. List. That's what I meant. <laughs> 
Yeah, he should yeah, still be a like, coordinator. Is can what, can yeah. we just like agree? Like Dan Quinn is a great defensive coordinator. Yes. Like we have a very extended history of, of seeing what he is as a head coach, which is right. fine. <laughs> That's I, what yeah, I meant though, I mean, is that he's going right. to put himself in that position. He's yes, put himself he, will be, in that position. he will be on the list and get many interviews. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. Um, so should have watched myself there. <laughs> Um, so there, there's some other uh, fun games happening this week. Let's talk about. You got to talk about the Giants, man. Yeah, that's where I was going to go. The other, uh, you know, top team in, in the NFC East. Um, You're enjoying this. Admit it. Come on, man. Allow, allow yourself to enjoy it. So they are very well coached, and like that's how it's very good to see what the entire coaching staff and like even the defense like I thought this was going to be one of the worst defenses in the league I thought Wink Martindale was going to just blitz the crap and play which he is he's still blitzing they still have the highest blitz rate in the league they're still playing man coverage at one of the highest rates in the league but like it's it's holding up and like not even necessarily because like the blitzes are working and so I was going to get into that because they're playing the Ravens uh we should Mm -hmm. say that you played the Ravens uh, and Lamar Jackson, who is one of the m- most blitzed quarterbacks in the league. Uh, the one thing that the Ravens have figured out is how to beat the blitz. Uh, Jackson's the sixth highest blitz quarterback in the league, second in EPA per dropback against the blitz. Like they've figured out how to beat the blitz. So if the Giants are going to continue to do that, this might be the quarterback that gives them a little bit of trouble there. I don't necessarily know if they have the athletes to be running with Lamar Jackson either. So this might be where some cracks in, in the defense that come up. Um, the the secondary death probably not going to matter quite as much because, again, the Rashad Bateman still not practicing. So outside of that, you have Devin DuVernay, who we like, but like you shouldn't be running your passing offense through Devin DuVernay. Um, I don't, I don't think that's a hot take for, for any offense across the league. So it's certainly going to be interesting just strategy-wise there, right? Because the Giants are going to want to blitz. The Ravens have proven the one thing they're very good at this year is it, it, like in structure of the offense is picking up the blitz. They still don't really have a, a great offense um, outside of that. But with Lamar Jackson... They figured out they, they got the hot reads. Uh, they're they're figuring that out. So that part of like I can just see Lamar Jackson kind of like running all over them. But what the Giants are doing on offense has been really fun because they are just figuring out ways to get the bet. Like we talk about you know, running an offense through Devin Duvernay. Like the Giants are running an offense through <laughs> Darius Slayton who. Uh, like was barely practicing like through training camp because he was supposed to be like the wide receiver five on this team. Um, you know, you got like you know, what Richie James out there. It's uh, it's like, there, there's not a lot of talent on that offense. So it's fun what they're doing. Um, and we kind of talked about it a little bit with, you know, how they have Daniel Jones in, in the run game. And like he couldn't really do that to the full potential against the Packers because he, he really couldn't run that ankle like was not hundred percent. So the, the boots and everything that they were doing, um, it wasn't 
as much in the playbook, but they figured out how to, you know, get the wildcat. Um, you know, that, that Barkley long pass on the crosser was, was a lot of fun because they used the personnel that they have. It was 21 personnel with Barkley and Brita on the field. Um, that's what they've been doing. The, the Barkley wildcat. It's been Barkley mostly with Brita. Um, it was with, uh, Brightwell, I think at, at one other point later in the game for the touchdown, the wildcat touchdown he ran, but on that one play with the Barkley crosser, um, they come out in that the personnel, the Packers match in base, which they did on like 50% of, of plays uh, in that game because uh, the Giants like kept coming out in, in heavier personnel, whether it was, you know, two tight ends or the two backs that they used a lot. And so with Barkley having on that crosser, the, the Packers just, it was one of those things where they, they didn't pick it up um, because they really like weren't expecting Barkley to be stacked behind Darius Slayton there. So when he ran across the field, there was no one who went with him. Um, so they're doing a lot of fun things like that. And I, like Brian Dable is, is very good. Like I, I tweeted this out, there are very specific levers that the Giants need to pull in order for this skill group to play like it has and they're just they're pulling all of them in in the right ways now whether that continues for the rest of the season is probably questionable but the fact that they like are doing it now i think is a really good sign for the future and especially with what the giants have been coached like the past couple of years um like almost like the past decade uh it it's it's it should be a good sign for the giants going forward yeah, listen, it's, uh, you know, they've had a nice run out here, but that was a big win, you know, coming, I mean, that, that game looked over at halftime and to not allow any points to the, the Packers and get back into that game. It's true, Saquon leaves for basically a whole quarter. Uh, yeah, lots of fun, man. I'm, I'm excited to see this matchup because the Bengals d- didn't get the memo last week. They blitzed, they blitzed the hell out of Lamar Jackson. Like, you know, and I thought, I didn't think they would. Like, I, I thought they would do the more of like the stuff that the Bills did because they were doing a lot of that stuff prior to coming in and, they blitzed Lamar Jackson and Lamar threw for four yards for pass attempt against the blitz uh, on Sunday night. He, he, you know, he had a couple plays that he just missed that were right. That were freebies. Uh, you know, he had the one to Duvernay down the middle where he split coverage and the Tylen Wallace play on fourth down, but uh, they blitzed them. It's interesting about Lamar is, you know, he, he is second in EPA against the blitz still, uh, but against blitzes that are like you said, or to lead off the show that aren't played with man coverage, he, he falls to 19th. Uh, so, you know, if you're going to, if you are going to blitz him, you still can get creative with it. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see how they approach it. And obviously you have the, the marriage here of, you know, Wink Martindale and Lamar Jackson are fond of one another, uh, you know, for the last, you know, four years, all Lamar's entire career, he was a defensive coordinator there. So, so you would think that each has kind of, you know, answers to the strengths and weaknesses of the, the, the player and then the, the structure of the defense. But like you said, I look at the Giants, though, and the health of the defense is the, the thing, right? Like, where where's uh, – you, you eventually run out of bodies, like capable bodies. And the Giants are really and towing that line. they didn't start with many. No. <laughs> so, yeah, is Leonard Williams going to be back? Is uh, Ojalar going to be back? They lost to Dory Jackson in that game. Like, are these guys able to play? Uh, and if because if you just don't have the horses against the good team, then it, it's going to eventually show up. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I am excited to, to watch that game though and kind of see one how Martindale approaches things and see if, if who has answers for who, right? Uh, is what I'm very interested to see in that game. Yeah, and it's just kind of one of those things that I think Wink's gonna Wink's gonna wink and he's probably going to you know continue that blitz whether it's going to work or not because that's just it's just what he does. Um, the Ravens so, are a team I've been reluctant to like buy in on and 
you know, they, they had those two games against the Patriots and Dolphins where they looked just incredible. And obviously they blew the, the lead against the Dolphins. But like then these last two weeks come back and you see some of the same things like you, we thought might be problems coming into the season, like really crop up. And I, I, I feel like I don't really have a great pulse on like who they really are. Yeah, it's just one of those, especially on offense, one of those things where I don't love what they're doing in general, but Lamar Jackson is just so singularly talented that he makes up for it in, in a lot of places. Um, and like, if they are able to get some of those deep shots, like you're not expecting him to miss what he did uh, in the Bengals game. So like more often than not, like those, those plays are going to hit. So it's just, it's still a thing where like he's, he's so good. So I don't want to not believe. Um, but yeah, that I think, there's a lot of places where like if they made it a little easier on him, it, it would help. Um, and, and so if they're, they're going to you know, continue to blitz and, and they'll just, you know, pick that apart and maybe that's just how uh, this game plays out. But yeah, it's going to be uh, very fun to see just kind of how, how these two kind of different ideas uh, clash uh, in this game. So let's, let's hit maybe the one more game. I want to talk about Cardinal Seahawks because you did this write up for the worksheet that was, um, I think one of one of the more entertaining, uh, I think write ups uh, that we've had. Just uh, the splits between when Arizona scores or when Seattle scores, like this has the potential. Like on a week when we're going to potentially have a, a high scoring game in like Bills the Chiefs, like this might be. Uh, this underratedly has the potential to be like potentially the craziest game of the weekend. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, absolutely. Now we, we have a game that involves the, the Cardinals actually like coming through and like lifting the tide of their offense, which I think is the, one of the biggest questions of the early NFL season. Uh, but th- this Seahawks team is turning to like the, the Bonanza team. Like, you know, their games are are averaging over 60 combined points per game. This defense is absolutely deplorable at every level. Like, there's not a position group that you can find, like, where, like, like, they really have a strength against. Like, they're giving up points to tight ends. They're giving up production to running backs. They're giving up production to wide receivers. Like, they can't stop anything. And then when you put into context that the Seahawks' defense has faced Marcus Mariota, Russell Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo with this little sprinkle of Trey Lance, uh, Andy Dalton, and Jared Goff. Like, they haven't even faced anybody in there. Like, it's like the, one of the worst defenses of all time through five weeks in NFL history. Uh, their games are just ridiculously fun. And it'd be one thing to just have a bad defense. But this, I don't even know if it's called a renaissance because, like, where do we ever have, like, a, an initial of G- Geno Smith, right? Like, when was ever that initial ride with Geno Smith? Right. Like uh, uh, this, this 32-year-old quarterback playing amazing football, at least for a half uh, right now. So you're getting like the Seattle offense is totally different than what we expected coming in. Like they're they're playing with pace. They're playing aggressive, pass rate over expectation. They're doing all the things that we screamed in the heavens for for a decade. And they're doing it all. And they're doing it successfully. Uh, one of the the weirder stories of the uh, opening season has been the Seahawks. Yeah, I mean this, or the the Kevin Clark tweet of the Seahawks have never played a normal game. It's just they they found a way to play new weird games, right? Um, like they, it was always the the weird 
games with with Russell Wilson that, that came down to his buzzer, but now they're just like it's the, the shootouts, um, and you know that's exactly what we expected uh, when you know Geno Smith uh, was uh, took over. But like the offense is is legitimately fun, right? They they are doing good things. Like Geno Smith is playing well, um, and it's to like and to get around that. So right now, it's fourth in EPA per dropback. Um, and just kind of in, in all the different ways uh, where he's playing well. He's you know, playing well off play action, which they have him doing about you know, 32% of the time. Um, he's playing really well uh, against the Blitz. Uh, from a clean pocket, he has one of the highest uh, EPAs uh, per dropback. It's just like all of those places. It, it's And it's they're hitting kind of the, the offense in structure, right? Um, you know, all of the intermediate stuff. Um, you know, DK Metcalf is turning into a good intermediate receiver, which like he always had the potential to be. Um, um, but now they're just kind of you know pushing that a, a little more. Uh, you still have the, the deep shots to Tyler Lockett are still in the offense, which is which is fun. You kind of wondered if those were going to go away uh, with Russell Wilson gone, uh, but we had two of those uh, against the Saints. So they're they're doing some fun things. The run game was real good. It, it's a bummer that Rashad Penny is going to be out for the year, um, but you have Kenneth Walker who can probably hopefully play in a, a similar role. Um, and like you said, the defense, like we've talked about it, there are fun players um, on that team. Uh, like Nuoso is playing really good uh, on the edge. Um, you know, Tariq Woolen, like is a is a star, man. That dude's just he's making play every week. Um, but it's just not enough of that is coming together. Thirty four percent. Well, they're young. They're really yeah, young. Right. That That's the thing. So it is a hope for the future. But right now, yeah, not great. So 34.6% of drives against Seattle have scored a touchdown, which is easily the, the highest rate in the league. Now, on the other side of the ball, 27% of drives against Arizona uh, have scored, which is uh, 26. So it could potentially be, be a lot of points because, like you said, so I'm just going to run through uh, what you have in the worksheet here. Arizona has been outscored 38 to nothing in the first quarter of the season. Seattle has scored <laughs> on 62.5% of their first half possessions, which is first in the league. Arizona scored 21.4% of their first half possessions, 29th in the league. The Cardinals have scored on 57.1% of their second half possessions, which is first in the league. Seattle has scored on 26.1% of their second half possessions, which is 26th in the league. Um <laughs> absolutely insane so seattle uh, starts hot um they're going to score points arizona cannot score in the first quarter and first half um seattle slows down a whole lot the arizona only scores in the second half so uh this has potential to just be <laughs> absolutely bonkers this yeah, could i wrote out like, those this uh, could be like 28 nothing yeah, and then, then finish 31-28 or something. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I put those stats on Gino just to put in perspective because the, the full game stats don't even like really like kind of clarify this. Like, So Gino Smith is first in the NFL in EPA per dropback in the first half, right? It's His, his EPA per dropback is 0. 0.51 EPA, almost a, a half a point of, of expected points per dropback. The next highest quarterback is Josh Allen. And the get he's a 0.28. He's almost double better than the next quarterback in the first half. Like it makes no sense. Like it's not even like he's playing well. He's is this is like Joe Montana combined with Steve Young, combined with, you know, 
uh, you know, every good quarterback that's ever happened. Uh, I can't believe I got stumped out. I did on good quarterbacks. There's been so many good in the NFL. And I guess like Dan Marino and, you know, Brett Favre and all these other guys and somehow stopped with just two 49ers guys. But it's crazy. He's like double better than Josh Allen. Well, like, it doesn't make any sense. But in the second half, he's thrown just one touchdown and he's 33rd in the NFL in EPA per drop back. And like the, 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 the Seahawks have been in competitive games. Like it's not like the Eagles situation where we can still look at Jalen Hurts and be like, all right, well, they haven't been pressed. Uh, maybe that's part of the thing. Like the Seahawks have needed to play well in the second half and they've kind of just fallen apart, right? Like they've gotten out to these real hot starts and then just kind of wilted. Uh, we saw that against the Falcons. We saw it against the Broncos. We saw it last week against the Saints. Um, so can they put something together here where they, they play a good four quarters of football? Because it really hasn't happened yet this season. Now, the real question here, and I know that you'll have some stuff to talk about this, is we're still counting on the Seahawks defense to make the Cardinals offense good. And like it still happens. Like This offense just isn't doing anything inspiring on any level. Like no, absolutely nothing, and it's so I think they started to kind of figure out Marquise Brown a little bit, and I think we're starting to see more of that, like of him being the go-to receiver, getting a little bit more down the field, and like that's been the best part of the offense, uh, and it wasn't really in there for like the first three or so weeks. Uh, so we're seeing that a little more. Uh, I think. Uh, Every Rondell Moore screen or throw behind the line of scrimmage should just be thrown out. And he caught one downfield last week. Yeah, sure. One, I said one. Uh, one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. After like nineteen other screens, um, it's like that. That part of of the offense is not no fun to watch. But yeah, so like Kyler has one of the lowest a dots in the league. They just like they're not trying to push the ball down the field, which is like. We we talked about it so much last year. Kyler had one of like in, it was kind of unsustainably high, but one of the highest completion percentages of, of throws twenty or more yards down the field. And the Cardinals are just like, what if we just took all of that out of the playbook? And what if we only <laughs> went horizontally? Um, the horizontal raid. Yeah, it, it like to the extreme this year. Um, but I think they they are finding Marquise Brown a little bit. You know, DeAndre Hopkins comes back eventually, but it's not going to you know help for for this game. Uh, yeah, it's. It's real weird. They're they're picking up the pace a little bit, like we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. How their offense was so weird. Like the entire point of the Arizona offense and why they kept everyone at the same side and why there's so few plays is because they had pace. Um, they they play fast and they weren't doing that the first couple of weeks. So it was slow and static and nothing was working. So they're they're picking up the pace a little bit. So that's helping. Um, but, uh, still not using a lot of motion. So it's still just kind of the same type of offense. Um, and really the only thing it has going for is, is Marquise Brown going downfield right now. And like, I, I don't know if you can live that way and maybe you can against, against the Seahawks, but, uh, I have not been impressed with what the Cardinals have been doing on offense, just schematically. I was kind of really hoping and maybe I was, you know, being overly optimistic that they were going to, we don't have DeAndre Hopkins for these first six games. Like we need to scheme the crap out of uh, this offense to, to figure some things out. And that just, that it never happened. They kept the same thing. And like, that's, that's really discouraging for whatever, you know, the, however long the long term with is like these, these past couple of weeks have been, you know, really discouraging for like what it potentially could have been because 
I think they could have been doing a, a lot more to make up for, you know, what they had at receiver um, and figure some more things out. Like the run games, like, isn't even that good. Like Kyler's not running anymore. It's just, it, it's kind of been, been a mess. Um, and, you called not, that before the season. Fun. Yeah, you called it before the season. You said this, this the first six weeks are going to be an ultimate test on uh, on Cliff because uh, he's actually going to have to hot uh, start out hot in his bag, and that has not been the case. No, it it hasn't at all. And and usually, and as we had like in that the conversation, the second half of the season is when they drop off because nothing changes. So if there were no changes to start the season, I don't know what is going to happen uh, over the second half of the season. So they uh we'll we'll keep an keep an eye out on on what this cardinals offense looks like because it's not looking great no but this game's good i would i would be don't be shocked though if this game has like more points scored and than chiefs bills man it, it, it could be yeah and like if if you're if you're the cardinals and you're looking at what the seahawks offense has given up like even kyler running like run QB power all the time. Like (laughs) (laughs) why why not? You just saw Taysom Hill do it. Why not Kyler? I mean, there isn't Um, anything that's not working against the Seahawks though. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So like do whatever you want. Yes, please. (laughs) Um, You want some, some type of offense here. Um, So there we go. I mean, fun, fun games. So we were kind of looking like, the past couple of weeks have been like fine games, but I think like even like we obviously have uh, the the marquee matchup here, but like even the other teams like that are in the middle, I think there's a lot of like ways these teams match up uh, are a lot of fun. Like and, and Seahawks Cardinals is you know the ultimate example of that. So even if like you're not thinking Seahawks Cardinals is, is a marquee matchup, I think just the way the teams match up is, is fun. And I think we have a, a couple of those this week. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to dig into the Monday night game, but that's also a huge game too. I know people just, you know, yeah. well, the Broncos are a whole nother ex- thing, but like that's a, it's a huge game in context of the NFL season. Like, you know, if the Broncos lose that game and go to two and four in the AFC, like. It's rough, well, man. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy, <laughs> especially like, you know, considering how good that defense is playing. Right. Like That's if, the, yeah. if you thought the Broncos defense was going to be like one of the best in the league, like you would have thought the Broncos Easy. would be you know, one of the, the better teams in the NFL. Um, only 8.8% of drives against the Broncos right now are going for touchdowns. It's the lowest rate in the league. Um, and, and they can't win a game. That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Real, um, tough, real tough scenes. So yeah, we, we got some, some fun things like that. Uh, we have, you know, stuff on, a bunch of those games uh are written uh especially in the worksheet uh that are on sharp analysis.com you can go to the website and check uh all of that written content out uh you can find rich on twitter at what you can find me on twitter at dan Pesuta. thank you guys for listening we will talk to you again soon